Revelation 5, 1 to 14. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice. Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it has been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are these seven scripts of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seal, for you were slain, and by your blood you ran some people from for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. When I looked and I heard around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and in the sea, and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, be blessing, and honor, and glory, and might, forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Good morning, Christian Lehman Church. How are you all doing? Can you see me? Am I on? Am I live? Well, it's week number five of being sheltered in place. And 
Week number five, you see some interesting things happening. Like, for instance, you start to see the really bad haircuts on screen. Am I right? And in week number five, you have actually been desperate enough to watch on Netflix a show called The Tiger King. Am I right? Week number five, you're starting to feel bad about all the nonstop eating. Am I right? <laughs> um, you guys have heard of the freshman 15. We'll say hello to COVID-19. And it's right about week number five that we start to realize, you know, we might be here for a while. And right about now is when we start to reflect on the deeper matters. It reminds me of people who have had a loved one who has passed away. And immediately, there's all this event planning for the funeral, all this busyness, all this busyness. And then after the funeral, when things finally settle down, that's when true grieving begins. I, I wonder if it's the same way with COVID-19. It hit. And we're like, go, 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 grocery shopping and, and, and care for elders and homeschooling and set up the home office, you know, busy, busy. And then right about now is the time when things finally slow down and a new normal has been established. And then the deeper questions set in. Questions like, why is all this happening? Why is God allowing COVID-19 to happen? What is the purpose? In other words, what is COVID-19 revealing? What is COVID-19 revealing about God, about us, about the world that we live in? And that is where we're going with this next series. And so in this series, we plan to talk about depression, daily dependence on God, dysfunctional family relationships, social inequality, and even environmental justice. But for today, we want to talk about control. One of the biggest things that COVID-19 is revealing is how little we are in control. We have no control, for instance, over how long this will last. Some of us are losing control in our job situation. Some of us who are now homeschooling parents realize we have no control over our kids. So we get angry and we lose patience and we realize I have no control over myself, you know? And then health-wise, we sanitize, we sanitize, we wash our hands, we never, never touch our face, but you still don't have complete control. And so you could still get it and you could still pass it on to someone else. COVID-19 is revealing how little control we really have. And as, as Americans, we are people who love to be in control. So 
this is this is freaky for us this is hard we don't like to lose control and and that leads us to revelations 5 revelation is the last book of the bible it's the last book about the bible of the bible and it's about the future of the world it is written to people who were in danger of false teaching, persecution, compromise. Some of them were thrown into prison. Some of them, Antipas, was killed for being a Christian. So imagine how everyone was feeling when one of their own was killed for being a Christian. They're scared. They're feeling out of control. And it is like at any moment, Someone could break in and take us to jail. We could be killed, just like what happened to Antipas. So week number five in COVID-19, turning to this book, Revelation, for comfort and for challenge, just seems so relevant, at least for today. Revelation is a highly symbolic apocalyptic literature book. It deals with big, big themes. But the idea is that if you understand the big story of human history, then you know how your smaller personal story fits into the big picture. In Revelation 5, John, along with all of humanity, is leaning in on the edge of history. They're leaning in to the rollout of history, and they're wanting to know, is history going somewhere? Where is this all going? Is history going somewhere? Where is this all going? And ultimately, who, who is in control? Now, different religions have a different take on the unfolding of history. For example, in Buddhism, history is seen as an endless cycle of life and death and reincarnation. You are born, you die, you're reincarnated, you're born, you die. But the atheist has a very different perspective. Maybe, maybe Shakespeare said it best like this. This is the perspective of the atheist. Life is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. In other words, history is not going anywhere in particular. People are born, people suffer, people die, and that's it. I'm sorry. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. Everyone is a bunch of accidental molecules. I'm sorry. Now, is that true? Is life a story told by an idiot? Or is it the replay button hit over and over again in a cycle of reincarnation? Or is history a story with a beginning and a middle and an end? Is history the story that is all going somewhere? And the very first verse in chapter five of Revelation is basically saying, yes, absolutely. History is a story. It has a purpose. It has a meaning. It is going somewhere. 
Revelations 5, God is pictured on his throne, and in his right hand is a scroll written front and backed and sealed with seven seals. And on this scroll is written down everything that is going to happen in the history of the world. In other words, every day has carefully and intentionally been planned out. Now, this is what it means for us. It means COVID-19 and everything else that happens in God's world has already been written down on God's scroll. But now, in Revelations 5, the drama in heaven takes a decisive turn. The defining issue in this drama is not what's in the scroll. The defining issue in this chapter is who is worthy to open it? Who is worthy? Who is worthy to bring history to its final consummation? God the Father through the angel is saying, there needs to be a director. The script is all written down, but there needs to be a director. Who now is worthy of bringing the script to life? Steven Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And John begins to weep. Now, I want you to feel the drama of all this, okay? This resonates with our stories of legend. This is like the sword in the stone Excalibur, right? And who, who is worthy enough to pull out the sword? And then, and then King Arthur does it. This is like the search for the Holy Grail, right? And only one who is exceptionally pure in heart could be worthy enough to find it, all right? But this is a theme, the theme of who is worthy, that you can also relate to on a personal level. Now let's bring it down, give you an example you can relate to. A lot of dads have a little girl and that little girl has you wrapped around her little finger. All right, some of you are like that. Admittedly, I'm like that. I got a little girl. She got me wrapped around her little finger. She is the light of your life. And then one day when she's all grown up, she brings home something called a man. And then the cry goes out, who is worthy to open the scroll and to date my daughter, daughter, daughter? Now, this is how one father put it to me. He said, Okay, he said, I was walking my daughter down the aisle and it came time to hand her over and something inside me couldn't do it and I just got angry and I looked at that man and I said, who is this donkey and why would I hand over my beautiful daughter to him? And I was like, I'm listening to him say that. I'm like, wow, I can't believe you said that. And, and so I said, dad, I don't like that story. You know, please don't share that story with other people. Okay, but this is, this is not the future destiny of a beautiful woman. This is the future destiny of the entire world. And so the call goes out to all of heaven and all of earth. 
who is worthy? Who is worthy to be the director of all this? Who is worthy to bring history to its final consummation? And the call goes out before the entire universe. Verse three, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll. No one in heaven, okay, heaven, earth, under the earth. Just to be clear, John means no one in the entire universe is, is worthy. And so you read into this a very dramatic pause. All of humankind is waiting with bated breath. You can hear a pin drop. And in this dramatic pause, what you can also hear is you hear John falling down, weeping because no one, no one, no one is worthy. No one is worthy. No one, except one. You imagine John bent over, he's loudly weeping. An elder walks up to John, puts his hand over John's shoulder. You imagine him saying, don't cry, don't cry. There is someone, there is someone. There's someone who can open the scrolls. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, Notice the first image used to describe this person who alone is worthy to bring about the future. The first image is the image of a lion. Don't worry, don't worry. The lion of Judah is here. Now, I just want you to think about this for a second. How, how approachable is a lion? How would you feel if I told you that in a few moments, a lion would appear in your room? Would you go, oh, good, I would love to pet it. No, 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 no. You would be terrified. A lion is admirable for its ferocious strength. A lion to an ancient person is not an animal that's caged in a zoo. It is a ruthless, almost unstoppable killer. It would take from your flock at will. It would frequently work from ambush. And when it roars, it can be heard from miles around and people would hear the roar and they would tremble. A lion is ferocious with awesome power. And so the elder said, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah is here and he can open the scroll. So you're expecting, you know, like a ferocious, unstoppable, invincible lion. And so the camera pans to the throne and then to the four bizarre living creatures. And then among the elders emerges this ferocious, unstoppable, invincible figure. You're expecting a lion, but when he appears, he's not in the form of a lion. He's not a lion. He's a lamb. He's a lamb that's standing. He's a lamb that's standing looking as if it had been slaughtered. Now, this is not the unstoppable killer we were expecting. If a lion is known for being ferocious, then what's a lamb known for being? It's, it's like the exact opposite. A lamb is a baby sheep, gentle, innocent, dependent. It provides wool. So we go, whoa, wait a minute. I thought he was a lion. 
Uh, I guess he's a lamb. And then John goes right back to the other image. He says, this lamb has seven horns. Seven is the number of completion. A horn is a symbol of power. Put it together. He's a lamb of seven horns. He's a lamb of absolute power. Okay, what does this mean? One thing it means is that Jesus has incredible range. Let me hear you say it with me. Jesus has incredible range. Jesus has incredible range. Someone put it like this 250 years ago. He is a conjunction of diverse excellencies. He is the rare combination of diverse excellencies you think could never go together, but they go together in one person. Now, let me tell you what this means. It means to the tired, to the hurting, to those who feel like they don't belong, to the stressed out and anxious. Jesus is a slaughtered lamb who can relate to you in every way. He is acquainted with grief. He understands weakness. He wept with those who wept. He was weary. He was forsaken, betrayed, whipped, mocked. He was crucified. I have a friend who wrote a group email to his boss. And then the boss insulted him in front of everyone that he wrote to. And my friend was so angry. And and the only thing that calmed him down is he would think of Jesus being insulted on the cross. And the more he reflected on that, the more he reflected on that, the more it gave him calm, it gave him poise, it even gave him compassion. But you know, Jesus Christ has infinite range. He is also a ferocious lion. And for those of you who are like the spiritual Marines, you know, you want a champion, you want an invincible leader, you want someone in strength that you can respect. And someone says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of every nation. That is Jesus too. He is a conjunction of diverse excellencies. If there is one person of bringing history to its final consummation, it's him. It's definitely him. And so the lion lamb with seven horns and seven eyes walks up to God the Father, who is seated on the throne. And he takes the scroll And the moment he does, we see one of the greatest scenes of worship ever recorded in the Bible. It starts with four living creatures, and then many angels, and then myriads of myriads, and thousands of thousands, in other words, hundreds of millions. And then every creature in heaven and on earth, and under the sea, and in the sea, and all that is in them. In other words, the entire universe is worshiping, worshiping, worshiping one man, the God man, the lion lamb, the one alone who is worthy of bringing history to its final completion. Okay. That is Revelations 5. Right. Um, Now, during COVID-19, 
let's talk about what this all means for here and now. During COVID-19, all of us to some degree feel the same thing, which is we feel out of control. You know, like, like I can't plan my summer. I can't plan my vacation. Like Raina and I had plans to travel to Taiwan. That got canceled. We have plans to support Rays in May. That got canceled. We have no control over our schedule. And maybe we all feel the same way. Like we can't control my kids. We can't control my own patients. Some of us have lost jobs. Some of us have coworkers who have lost jobs and we're wondering about our own job security. We're taking every precaution, like even sanitizing our groceries, but we still lack complete control. And one of the things that COVID-19 is revealing is that you and I are not in control. Like we want things to go back to before COVID-19 when we had more control, but arguably we didn't have control even back then. That was a false illusion. Maybe COVID-19 is, is revealing our true state that you and I actually have very little control. But for people who realize how little control we really do have, the message of Revelation is very, very encouraging. It says this, it says this, listen, it says this, it says, we don't know what the future holds, but we know the one who holds the future. We don't know what the future holds, but we know the one who holds the future. It says, we may have no control over the future, but the one who is worthy is in full control. The one who loves us is in full control. The one who sacrificed himself out of love is in full control. So what does that mean? That means you are in wonderful hands. The one that loves you is in full control. If there's one person you can trust to make everything, including COVID-19, work for your good, if there's one person you can trust, it's him. You can't control him, but you can trust him. He is a lion lamb who conquered like a lion by sacrificing himself on the cross like a lamb. He conquered by sacrificing himself out of love. So what does this mean? Well, it means this. History is not an endless cycle that repeats over and over again. History is not a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury, but signifying nothing. No, no, no. History, according to the Bible, is a story with a beginning and a middle and an end. History, according to the Bible, has a purpose. It is going somewhere. Everything is moving to a final chapter. It is moving to a great and glorious ending where evil is vanquished and poverty will be no more and loneliness will be no more and racism will be no more where the guy gets the girl and the girl gets the guy and the greatest enemy, which is death itself, is defeated. 
in the very last two chapters of the book of Revelation, we read about the very end, the final destination of history. And here is how it goes. Chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first earth and the first earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself, God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Now, if you know the big picture of where all of history is going, then during this time, like COVID-19, when you realize how little control you really have, you can have peace. Because you know that no matter how bad the battle gets, you know you're going to win the war. He will wipe away every tear and death shall be no more. Behold, I am making all things new. And you can say, I don't know what the future holds, but I know the one who holds the future. And he is worthy, worthy, worthy. And maybe today will be the first time you will just lift up your hands and say, I surrender control. I didn't have much control before, and I don't have much control now. Jesus Christ, lion lamb, I give you control, I surrender. Please go ahead and pray with me, and then we'll give the time back to Caitlin. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, you are awesome. You are the lion lamb. You are the invincible leader. And yet you are so able to relate to people who are broken and humble and hurting. You alone are worthy. And I just want to pray for everyone that's tuning in today. I don't know what's going on with them situationally, but I can feel what they might be feeling. Just this loss of control. Help us just to lift up our hands to you in sweet surrender and say, okay, okay. Not only is history entrusted to you, but here's my life that I also want to entrust to you because you alone are worthy. Father, I just want to pray for everyone out there. Help us to trust you. Help us to put our trust in you. We are scared. And it's scary just not to have control, but I pray that you would give us a vision of the lion lamb. He is awesome and he is loving and he alone is worthy. Help us to surrender to him and give us peace. 
Just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.